So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I find it hilarious because as you know, if you've been watching the show, you know that I have a dog now in the studio, a little little dog that I inherited from Joanne Laura and he recognizes the music now of the opening of the show and he like barks and dances around while I'm doing the finger dance. I'm finding it very amusing. Just wanted to share, you, share with you. Uh, I'm Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live from my home and from other locations around Southern California. So thrilled to be here with you on this Thursday morning. I just want to take that big, deep breath that we always talk about on Thursday, you know, taking that three deep breaths, right, to center ourselves and be here. I want to let you know that I'm here. There's there's Cheese. You can hear Cheese barking and saying hello to you, too. He's the, the mascot now for Autism Live. Yes, Cheese, we heard you. Thank you. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, I just I'm here in gratitude. Uh, it's such a privilege to be able to be here with all of you and to be on this journey. And when I say you, I'm always talking to the, the larger autism community. I know um, that we, we start always with individuals who are on the autism spectrum, but then we, we broaden our community out to include everyone who loves and cares about those individuals. And that's you know a wide variety of people, that's parents, that's teachers, that's husbands, that's boyfriends, uh, wives, girlfriends, cousins, aunts, uncles, that's um, you know ABA providers, that's speech and language pathologists, it's OTs, it's insurance providers. I mean, the list goes on. There's a whole bunch of people who care about individuals who are on the autism spectrum. And we are here to provide information, inspiration, 
And my favorite four letter word, which is hope, right? What a great uh, word, hope, because with hope we can do all things. Um, but I will tell you too that at hope in action, um, and we have lots of information and experts that we like to have talk with you about what kind of action and, and what scientific proof there is to show that those actions can help us to get to the things that we're trying to get to. And we understand that everybody is an individual and everybody is not looking for the same thing. So it's not a one size fits all, right? But we're here, we always say, come on, let's all hold hands together. We get there together, si se puede, right? Okay, so uh, I, I do like to remind you that normally, especially on Thursdays, we're, we're packed with experts and we are getting back to our Ask an Autism Expert on Thursdays. Uh, but we had a cancel a late cancellation and because I was coming back from vacation, you know, we weren't, we weren't able to get on top of that and fill that. But um, we had so many questions that came in yesterday and, and I said that we would, we would at least address them. I know it sounds like I'm a hypocrite because I always start the show and I say, I'm not an expert in the field of autism and I'm not, that has not changed. But, you know, I think I can help you to get to some resources and tell you what our experts have been saying over and over and over again. I, um, and when I can't, I'll say, you know, um, you know, that's that's definitely you need to go. A lot of times, the answer is you need to go talk to a BCBA about that. Uh, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, we want to remind you that there's lots of ways to interact, and we're really focusing today on you, the viewer, and what you want. So be writing in. I'm going to be trying to answering some questions from yesterday, but you know want to hear from you guys. So how do you do that? Um, if you're watching us live right now, then you're probably watching on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitter. And you can write into us, um, especially on Facebook and YouTube, you can be writing into us right now. You can also tweet at us um, and we will take those questions. I also want to let you know that you can write into us on our homepage, autism-live.com. I'm having trouble accessing it this morning, what's new? Um, so I probably wouldn't do that if you're watching us live. If you're watching us recorded later on, definitely, because we'll get that, we're working on it. Uh, we'll get that all fixed and up and running. But um, if you're watching us recorded or want to watch us recorded, I'm gonna guess that you're watching us um, either on, on all of those places that I just said, because we replay on those places or the recording is there, but also you might be watching us on, or listening to us anyway, on things like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Deezer. We are also on iTunes. And I want to point out that for iTunes, it, you get to choose how you want the download. You can download the, the show with picture and sound, or you can download it with just sound so you can take us on that hike that you're going on, or if you're going on a car drive, because car drive to nowhere, as many of us are doing right now, because there's no place to go, uh, but you need to get out of the house, yes, and see some different scenery, take us on the car ride to nowhere. Uh, we are available to do that. It's a free download. So, and we are also getting ready to launch on a couple of more sites. We'll let you know more of that as that becomes available. Um, but definitely watch us in whatever way you can. Hey, can I just put in a plug and, and say that it's important that, um, to know that we don't spend money on advertising here. We don't spend any money on advertising. So the only way that other families find out about us is if you tell them. So please, whatever way that you can, 
I, I want to give you all the task of this week. Tell at least one other person about Autism Live and what you found here and let them know how to find us. And, you know, if you're like, Shannon, I just don't, I just don't know anybody I would tell, you know, share it on Facebook, uh, like us on Facebook. If you feel comfortable about that, you can um, write us a review on iTunes, man, that's like gold. Cause that lets lots of other people know about us. If you do that, um, you can also subscribe to us on YouTube. You can subscribe on our homepage. Um, all of those ways help us to get more information and inspiration and hope to more people around the world. So we appreciate all of you for participating in that. Uh, okay, so uh, moving on, we like to start the show on Thursday with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. And we didn't get a chance to do this on Tuesday because we wanted to show you, um, uh, we're, we're turning Tuesday into Temple Grandin Tuesday. And we're either going to show you recorded versions of Temple Grandin or once once a month, we're going to have Temple live with us. And that then that'll go into the rotation of the shows you've already seen because we love some Temple Grandin, don't we? Um, but so we didn't have time for jargon on Tuesday. So we are going to show you two, count them, two jargon of the day today. So uh, first up, uh, I, by the way, I'm, we always have them sort of be theme grouped, or I try to be. So on Monday, we had SLP, which is a speech and language pathologist. So we're going to start today with the term OT. And, um, you know, when we do jargon, what we're trying to do is help you to understand these terms that people use as if everyone knows them, right? When you come into the autism community, whichever way you enter, thank you, Cheese. Cheese is getting a drink. Can you hear? Uh, our mascot is loud today. Um, but uh, you come into the autism community, however you come in, as the boyfriend or the cousin or a teacher or the parent, right? And people start throwing these terms around as if everyone knows them. And it's crazy making stuff, right? So we try to give you, first of all, the actual definition, and I try whenever possible to make fun of those definitions because that's really sometimes all they're good for. And then we give you a working definition and kind of talk about in context what the thing is, hoping that you at least have a, a beginning understanding of what it is. We're never hoping for you to have like the understanding where you could go take a test on it in that first moment, right? But you'll find that as you listen to the jargon terms more and you start seeing things in your life, eventually they start to click and you go, oh, that, that's what they were talking about, okay. And when you do, you understand, because it's just so much easier, easier to use the jargon. Today is a case in point, it used to drive me crazy. People use this term, well, you're OT, you're OT. I would go, what is the, what is an OT? Right, so let's take a look at what it actually is. And then you understand why if you have to say this 300 times, you start saying OT. It's an occupational And so if every time you say, well, my son's occupational therapist, I mean, first of all, it's one of those terms where you go, your three-year-old has an occupational therapist. When the first time that they were saying to me, well, you know, we're gonna get you OT, an SLP, AP, and I went, stop, what are you saying, right? And they were like, oh, well, your child's going to do occupational therapy 
with an occupational therapist. And I said, he's turning, he wasn't even three, he was two and a half. I was like, he's two and a half. He doesn't have a job. Why does he need an occupational therapist? Right? Like, I was like, no, he needs someone who can help him to speak. He doesn't have a job. He's not gonna have a job for a long time. We're not wasting time on occupational therapy. But where autism is concerned, that is not what an occupational therapist does. Not, I mean, long, long term. Uh, but let's take a look at now what our working definition is uh, of an occupational therapist as it relates to autism. OT is a health professional whose goal is to help people achieve independence, meaning, and satisfaction in all aspects of their life. So now let's apply that to an, a two and a half year old with autism. A two and a half year old with autism needs to be able to pick up a crayon to color. And if they can't hold the crayon in their hand because they don't have the hand muscles for whatever reason and it's not satisfying to them, then they won't do it. And if they won't do that at two and a half, then at four, they're not going to be able to pick up the crayon and write their name, which means that when they're 16, they're not going to be able to fill out the job application, which means when they're 33, they're gonna be having trouble advocating for themselves, right? I took some big leaps there, but you see where I'm going with this, right? So for our little ones with, uh, and I'm gonna separate this into age categories, right? For our little ones with autism, you're gonna see the school district usually here in the United States, aunties up an occupational therapist. And a lot of times what those folks will work on are in three separate little categories with our little ones. They'll work on fine motor, which is all those finger skills. They'll work on gross motor, which is, uh, but a very small amount of gross motor. Uh, eventually that gets handed off to the adaptive physical education people, but they'll do some gross motor, like, you know, being able to um, walk um, and on a line or, you know, walk up one stair one foot over the other, instead of going one foot, one foot, one foot, they'll work on those kinds of things. And that is gross motor. And then the other category that's super cool, if you've got a good OT, is that they'll work on sensory things. So um, a lot of our kids um, have sensory processing, I'm going to say issues, um, where either they're overactive or underactive, but they're having trouble regulating sensory things. So there's a noise that they hear that, that they're not able, like right now I can hear that our um, recycling truck is out in the front yard and picking it up. But I'm able to, when I'm doing the show, to focus on the show and not attend to that. Because I, in my brain, I can dial that sound down, if, if you understand what I mean. It's loud and I can hear it, but I can sort of tell my brain, don't pay attention to that, right? For some of our kids on the autism spectrum, everything is turned up to 11, everything. And so you're trying to talk to them and the garbage truck is at the same volume as you talking and they can't modulate it for themselves. And that's a sensory issue. They can't process the hearing. But then how about the kids that, um, you know, they are um, seeking, like the, for whatever reason, they wanna touch something. Their hands aren't good being without something in their hands. And so they're constantly touching stuff or kids who are picking things up and tasting everything. 
right? So some of our kids are sensory seeking. Some of our kids are not noticing sensory stuff. And sometimes that's because there's so much that they've tuned it all out. If everything's at 11, sometimes you go, I'm not listening to anything, right? So it's not that they can't hear it and that they can't attend to it, but they've chosen to retreat into their own world just for comfort because it's all dialed to 11. So these are all things that a good OT can work on. Um, and, and this is sort of spectacular. And the OT can help us to put our kids on a sensory diet, sometimes they say, where, um, you know, my kid needed pressure. So he would, you know, run into you. He would just like run up to you and run into you because he needed to feel that pressure and he didn't know how to get it. Um, he would climb us like a tree because he would get on top of our heads because when he was on top of our heads, his legs were wrapped around our neck and he was, you know, pushing on our heads. And for whatever reason, that was pressure for him. So what we found and what our OT helped us to do is to realize that if we gave him pressure on a diet, a regular schedule, that he didn't need to climb us like we were a tree anymore. Um, and so we would, we would squeeze him and hug him and wrap him up like a burrito and squeeze him. And, and we wouldn't do it just with a blanket. Like our therapists would take the, our couch, never had the cushions on it. We had this big long chaise part of our couch and they would take that cushion and wrap it over him and then, you know, push down on it and he would love it. And then he would be more productive for like the next hour. They could get more done because he wasn't seeking that, right? So, and then eventually our, our OTs taught us how to have him do that for himself. He would sit there and hold his elbows and squeeze his elbows so he could do that in second grade and not have to leave the classroom if he could regulate it for himself. So these are the kinds of things that a good OT can do. They'll help your child to be able to have the finger and hand skills to write. They'll help them to be able to eat, um, to be able to you know, hold the zipper, to bring the zipper up for the toilet training. Like there's a lot of things there. Um, and also you know, anything that helps them to regulate so that they can do what their job of a three-year-old is, which is to learn and to be able to learn. So they help to regulate all those things because they do have a job at three and it helps to build to the job later on. So never poo-poo the OT. The OT is a very serious and wonderful, wonderful thing. All OTs are not the same. And a lot of times, not a lot of times, sometimes school OTs are very unimaginative sometimes um, and they do a cookie cutter approach. I just want to open your world to the wonderful world of OT. And I always, whenever I talk about OT, I praise our dear friend, Kara Kaczynski. She is known as the Pocket OT. And you can go on her website, thepocketot.com. I think it's just pocketot.com. And she has some books that are super fabulous that give you like a one page thing of something you can do with your kid that will help them with all the things we just talked about. Um, and she also has CDs that if your child is sound sensitive that you can help um, gradually desensitize them to sounds. It's, it's really remarkable. And if you see the kinds of stuff that she's doing, then you will know what kinds of things your OT should be doing. And you can ask and say, hey, what do you have in your wheelhouse? What do you have in your magic bag 
for the sensory stuff that we're seeing. Um, and most of you, if once your child is in the school system and in the United States, they should be in at the age of three, you should be getting free OT from your school district. Now, <laughs> let's talk about the flip side. of I love me some OT. And I think what they do is vital and important to your child's program. Is it something that you can do and only do without ABA and get ginormous results with? And I'm here to tell you, you know, you'll get some results, but if you do OT without ABA, you are missing the boat. And I know um, we have a lot of friends who are watching us in India and other countries. And, and I know that ABA is struggling in some countries to be there and to be viable and it's expensive. Um, I'm thinking of Saudi Arabia and a couple of other countries that you guys write from where you've got OTs. And I don't wanna diss those OTs. They are filling a vital, important service, but you've got to get the ABA component on top of it. It's, it's like, you know, if I was thinking about this the other day and somebody said, well, I know you're not into the whole speech um, and OT thing because you're into the ABA thing. And I was like, that makes no sense whatsoever. That's like saying, I like dentists and I don't like orthodontists. That makes no sense whatsoever. They do different things. But if your child it, you know, is not able, if you're in the place where you're looking for a speech uh, and language pathologist and an OT, then it tells me more than likely your child has an autism spectrum diagnosis if you're here and looking for those things, which means you need ABA too. And if you are gonna do just the speech and language and the OT, then you're gonna come back in 10 years and you're gonna go, why didn't I not get where, you know, people were talking that their kids got and it's because you didn't do the OT, or excuse me, you didn't do the ABA in conjunction with the OT. So I'm, you know, I always advocate do it all, but if you have a choice and all you can do is one, I'm sorry, do the ABA. School will be there later on for you to do the OT and you can do those things later on. I hate saying that because I'd rather you do them all. But if it's a choice and you can only do OT or ABA, hands down, I'm going to tell you my opinion, ABA. Um, but I love the OT. All right. I don't want to be confusing. Okay, moving on. Do we want to go right to the other jargon? Or are we doing the, the question of the day, Trayvon? I don't know how we're doing Whatever's next, you put it up and I'll go with you. I don't know what we're doing. Here we go, here we go, question of the day. Uh, okay, here's a great question that goes with the OT. What makes you, what sound makes you smile? Like we are all sensory people too. And there are some sounds that we love and other sounds we don't love, right? Uh, when my son was little, the sound of the garbage truck coming was his favorite thing under the sun. It's not my favorite sound, right? Um, but I love the sound of my son laughing. Oh my gosh, I love the sound of my son laughing. Um, I also love the sound of an acoustic guitar. Yeah, I mean, like crazy. I love the sound of an acoustic guitar. I love the sound of the wind, right? Um, I love the sound of James Taylor singing. Like that's it for me. Uh, <laughs> what do you love? What sounds do you love? And have you in this COVID emergency bathed yourself in those sounds? Have you had the opportunity to have those sounds around you? Because uh, your life has changed, your location, or, or where you spend most of your day has changed, 
you know, they have things online that are called sound baths that are just, you go and listen and, and you know, it's like wind chimes. And um, I got one of those tongue drums for Christmas. I'll have to play it for you guys sometime. Uh, where you just, you just beat on and it doesn't matter. It's all in the same key. So it doesn't matter. You can't do it wrong. That's a happy thing. Uh, we need to be bathed in sound sometimes because sound is one of our senses. Don't deny it. Uh, okay, write in to us and tell us what your favorite sound is. All right, moving on. We have a question of the day for you. And then I think we'll go back and do the other jargon because we're still working on Tuesday's jargon. So uh, our question for today, bum, ba, da, bum. here it comes, here it comes. Wait for it, wait for it. It's never coming. Um, admitting when something isn't working. That is our topic of the week. Um, boy, I feel like that's very apropos for me this week. Um, you know, uh, we keep having these, it's like layers of the onion, right? That um, we started out and we were just probably gonna be at home for two weeks. And then it became clear that we were gonna be home for a month, right? And then it became clear that we were gonna be doing this and having the masks and social distancing for a couple of months. And now we've had this really uh, rude awakening that mm, we don't know how long we're gonna be here for. This is not a temporary, thing and that we have to modulate and make some changes. And, you know, sometimes when you put a Band-Aid on something and it's working short-term, you let it be. And then you realize, oh, that Band-Aid is not working. And I think everybody is in this boat right now. I especially want to say that there were a group of parents that when this started, and, and we had a question about this actually, uh, about, because I was saying yesterday to somebody, you need to get the ABA therapy going. Some of you made the choice as COVID started that you were like, look, we're gonna prioritize our health, uh, our, our lung health, and we're gonna isolate in place and we're not gonna go out and we're not gonna see other people. That's what my family did. Um, but, but you guys have kiddos that are in the middle of interventions for autism. And some of you, and I understood and respected that some of you said, we're, we're, just, we're just not gonna do anything right now. We're, you know, we're gonna hunker in place because you thought it was gonna be two weeks. And then when, you, then when you thought it was gonna be a month, like some of you said, no, 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 this isn't gonna work. I can already see that things are going south. And many of you from the beginning that were CARD clients said, because uh, CARD offered their clients and said, we'll give you a choice between two things in the very beginning. Uh, we'll come to your home when possible, um, or we will do telehealth with your child, but it may mean that you have to like be there and help as well. And I'm so proud of the parents who said yes to anything um, and said, we're going we're gonna to keep on keeping on. And it was different circumstances for different people, right? Some people could only do telehealth, which I really respected. And, the, and what was crazy good was the parents who said, I'm going to do telehealth, I'm going to be there as a facilitator for my child and then wrote back to us and said, oh my gosh, like I have learned so much and I had no idea, you know, I thought I knew what we were doing, but now I know what we're doing. And I, I, you know, this is hard, but this is good. This, like my kid is learning so much more because I know what I'm doing now. That made my year. Uh, Cause I'll take every grateful thing that I can for COVID because heaven knows there's been enough bad, right? And to hear multiple parents saying this and saying, oh 
okay, Shannon, now I get it. I get chills thinking about it because I understand being in that spot. And I know what my life was before I was in that spot and what my life was after I was in that spot. And it's, it, it's like, you start seeing in technicolor instead of black and white and start seeing that hope that we were talking about at the beginning of the show. So totally applaud those parents and their, their kids are making great progress. Um, but a lot of you said, I'm not, I'm not in a place where I can do this. I'm working from home. I can't be there to facilitate that telehealth. It wasn't going to work. And so we put that bandaid on it. And some of you said, I'm just not going to do ABA for a while. And some of you, your ABA provider said, we're not doing it. Well, that ship has sailed. And I just want to be the first person to say that ship has sailed. We are what, four months into this now. And, and we are at the at the precipice where if kids don't get ABA therapy, you're going to see you, your kids have already regressed, but it's going to start turning into, you know, being hard to catch up. So if you are in that space, this topic is for you because it's time to take the bandaid off and say, what are we doing? Now you got to look for solutions. If, if you're a card client, then now you have three choices in some cases, not in all cases, because the centers have reopened for some of our kids in some of our locations and more are opening in August. Um, but it's not the right solution for every kid. And we have to be honest about that. But at card, you've got the three, um, the three possibilities. You can do the telehealth, you can have somebody coming to the house when possible or when possible to do the center. And CARD works it out per individual family. And some people are doing a hybrid where they're having, and they're only having one therapist come to the house. They're not having a whole team of therapists because we're you know, minimizing the risk, right? Um, so um, they're having one therapist come to the house, but they're also doing telehealth sessions so that they can get that generalization piece in from other therapists. And what I love is that the first session they do with a therapist there, so you get to learn and see what it looks like and um, it's good stuff. So um, for those of you who wrote in yesterday and said, we're not getting ABA, we're not, you know, it, it's time, we gotta pull this Band-Aid off. We got a solution, um, you know, get in the solution minded, whether it's you have to do it, but we can't, we, we have to prioritize this. Um, you don't want to come out of COVID with your child worse than when you started, right? There's a whole lot of things we can't do in COVID, but there's a whole lot of things we can do and we got to get into that mindset. So I'm asking you what's working, what isn't working. And if, if it's not working the way you've got ABA set up, let's, let's get after that. Let's, let's definitely do that. Okay. Um, all right, so it's time. We're going to move on to jargon two of the day. You ready? So our, our jargon, which fits in very well with what we're talking about, is BCBA. I know it's alphabet land and you go, the what, the what, the where, BCBA. And if you mangle this and you call it the BACB, you know, it, it gets confusing because there, there are things that are other initials. Um, but so try to learn this one because this is your lifeline. BCBA, and let's go on to our actual definition. A BCBA is a board certified behavior analyst. Um, and let's not waste any time at all. Let's go on to our working definition so that you understand what these people are and, and who they are and what they do. Uh, a board certified behavior analyst is someone who is trained extensively in the application of the principles of ABA. I know, more letters. So remember that ABA is Applied Behavior Analysis. 
It is the gold standard of treatment for autism. It is not solely an autism treatment. Here's where it gets confusing. ABA was around uh, for a long time. It's a science. Um, and then we discovered that ABA was effective in treating autism. First study came out in 1987, Ivar Lovas um, found that it was not only effective, it was wildly effective if you did enough of it often enough, good quality ABA. This is what it has led to us having insurance cover ABA is because it's effective. However, it's effective in different amounts, different prescriptions. I always like to remind you guys of that. So, uh, at a certain point, uh, people started in a mass doing ABA treatment with kiddos on the autism spectrum. And it was expensive because it takes a lot of time. And uh, at a certain point, it became clear that there needed to be a designation of someone who was qualified to design the program. These people are the architects because it's so individual, the BCBA is somebody who looks at it at one individual, when we're, when we're talking about it for autism treatment, they look at one individual and they go, here's what this person needs to learn in order to have a fuller, richer life, and here's how we're going to teach it. Now, it's important to note that um, there are BCBAs who don't know anything about autism, that they didn't go to school for autism, maybe they know a little bit, maybe they took one class, right? But that. Um, they, being a BCBA doesn't mean that you're an expert in autism, is what I want to say. So um, there is a, a, a board that regulates and, and people have to take coursework, a certain amount of coursework, and then they have to um, graduate from that coursework, and then they have to sit for an exam where they have to prove their knowledge of ABA. Um, that does not mean that they are experts in autism. So, but there is a list um, that the BACB, I think I got that right, keeps, um, BACBA, I don't know. Uh, now I'm lost in alphabet land. Uh, that they keep a list of uh, who are the people who have passed this test. And in order to be a BCBA and to hang out that license, you have to have passed the test, right? Um, but I always say, so, and, and insurance won't pay for your treatment usually unless you have a BCBA on your case. They want to make sure that there's an expert there, but it's your job as a parent or as a teacher or whoever is the person to, to know, is this a person who's experienced with autism and experienced with the type of autism that your child has? Uh, I will say, you know, I, I love me some BCBAs. Can I just say how much I love me some BCBAs? Because I think these people are the people who change the world. Um, but they're not all created equal. Um, I love to go to BCBA events and meet all the BCBAs. A lot of them love jargon and graphs. I've learned that about them. Um, but they're really wonderful people. And the ones who are involved in autism care deeply. Most, uh, the ones that I've met care deeply about our kiddos. Um, but there are no better BCBAs, I'm just going to say this, uh, than my home school here at the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. That I, the camaraderie and the hive mind of, CARD is the largest um, employer of BCBAs, I believe, in the world. And to have a group of people working together on autism 
ups the game. That if one BCBA is working with uh, a child and they see something, they're like, that is outside my experience. Because let's face it, kids are different. Um, all they, they, you know, they have a weekly um, hive mind session where they get together and they go, okay, has anybody seen this? Or they can email other BCBAs and say, have you seen this before? And the hive mind responds and it's amazing what happens. It just gives me goosies, you guys. It's absolutely amazing. So um, I love me some BCBAs. I, I love it when BCBAs are, uh, you know, there are a lot of BCBAs that work in the corporate field. Can I just say, cause you know, you're like, well, if they're not working with autism, what are they doing? They work in the corporate field or they work with Olympic athletes or, you know, they, they, they're in a lot of places making a lot of people's lives better. Um, that's what they do. Uh, and I, and I won't say that I don't love those people too, but I don't know those people. So I see them occasionally at conferences and I'm like, you're interesting. You do BCBA and it's not with autism. Hmm. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> And they think I'm like odd for thinking that. That's okay. Um, but I love my BCBAs that deal with autism because they are the architects that make the plan that gets our kids there. Fabulous, 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 fabulous. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, we, uh, we had a question of the day for you today. So we're, I guess we're going to go ahead and do... Um, uh, sorry. Uh, I didn't see what the question was and it all went away. It doesn't matter. Um, we're still on the topic of the day. I wanna see what we're saying. Um, so in India, OT is expensive and not free. We have to train parents. We focus more on parent training and that is super and fabulous because I think parent training is the, is, you know, the center of everything everywhere. I do not like that here in the United States with insurance, um, that it made it possible for some parents to think, oh, I just have to drop my child off for the center. That ain't it, kid. That ain't it. That is not what it's going to get it done. So I do, that's why I was trying to be careful about saying that, um, you know, I love that right now there is such great OT in India specifically. And we've had people on the show to talk about the great OT that is happening in India. And I love that you're doing the parent training there. I just want there to be more ABA there. I'm, I'm just going to be honest about that. Um, okay. Thanks a lot for the knowledge and expertise, which you are sharing on this platform. I'm new here. I'm a clinical psychologist from India. Well, I am so glad that you are here. Um, and what an interesting day to join us when I brought uh, India up. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, no, you're right, Trayvon. I did want to move on. So it's, it's all right. Uh, in FBI. And I want to know, did you mean to write in FBA? Or what did you, uh, the director? Uh, oh, I see what you meant. The director of my old job worked for the FBI as a BCBA. Thank you. Yes, BCBAs work in places in the government too for, for the FBI. That's so funny because when uh, there's a jargon term, FBA, a functional behavior assessment, and I would always call it the FBI and they would always make fun of me. Um, <laughs> okay, so what I want to do now is uh, switch over to answering questions, some of which we had yesterday. And then I want to start with the poor person who yesterday was like, I asked my question and it did not get asked. 
And their question was, any tips on getting my nine-year-old to go to the bathroom himself? He will only go when someone takes him or a timer goes off. And, um, you know, I just want to send you some love and say that it's all relative, right? We all talk about, um, we, we all want to arrive, right? We all want to get to the point where, um, where we're, at the place where it feels normal, right? Um, and, and that's super duper hard. I wanna remind that parent that there was a time when, we, when you were like, oh, I just, I wish that my child would go to the bathroom at all. Um, so right now he's going when there's a timer or when somebody points to him. So that's a prompt. And whenever we have a prompt, we never want somebody to become prompt dependent, right? So what we start to do is something called fading the prompt. Um, and, and so we want the prompt to be less obtrusive. So if you think about it in the beginning, when the timer went off, you were probably having to physically take him um, to the bathroom and you were verbally taking him to the bathroom and maybe you held up a sign that said, we're going to the bathroom, right? So now it's just a matter of taking the prompts that you have and minimizing them. So I don't know what all you're doing um, right now for the, for the going to the bathroom, but, but you want to keep the prompt there, right? Otherwise, you're going to have accidents. Um, and we want to keep them getting to the reinforcer, right? But we're just going to make the prompt less and less and less. So it could be, if you're just going off the timer, it could be that the timer gets less and less quiet, um, uh, you know, or less, more and more quiet, I'm trying to say. Um, it could be that you move to one of the timers that um, it just flashes a light so that there's no noise. And then, and then we have the light get less and less and less. It could be that you, you know, you have a little um, bathroom icon that you hold up and go, it's bathroom. Um, right. I would also, I, I, I don't know at what point you are in things, but when the timer goes off, are you saying it's time to go to the bathroom or when the timer goes off, do you go, what do we do? I don't know. What should we do and have him take you to the bathroom? Right. Um, so it's just a matter of, of moving it slowly and it's gotta be so slow. And I know that you're like, Oh, my child is nine and I just want him to go to the bathroom on his own, but slow and steady. I guarantee you that by the time, you know, he's 14, this is going to be a distant memory. This too shall pass, but go slow, 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 and just take whatever it is and make it smaller and smaller and smaller. So if, you know, if the thing is that you're holding up an icon that says it's bathroom time, um, you know, and, and what you do right now is you hold it up and you go, you know, and point to it, right? So then you would just, you know, hold it up and hold it not as far as I'm showing you things on my phone. You would hold it up and hold it not as far up, right? And not point to it and see, does that get it done? And if it does, great. And so then we hold it up just a little bit more. And then, or, and then we get to the point where we just reach to, for the icon and they know and they go. The trick is you got to be reinforcing it. Reinforce, 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 reinforce. And um, so that eventually, you know, it's just your hand reaching for the icon and they, and they go to the bathroom and you reinforce. If you ever get to a point where something doesn't work as you're minimizing it, then you go back to the last thing that worked, right? So whatever is working to prompt him, make it less or switch to a prompt that is less, um, less obtrusive, right? And reinforce, reinforce, reinforce that he's doing that. 
I hope that I hope they're here with us today and I hope that makes sense. Please be writing in you guys if you have a question. I'm going to keep answering the questions from yesterday. From yesterday. Okay, scrolling down here. Um, I want to know for the parent who was here yesterday when we were talking about the, the going to the bathroom, how it worked. Um, I, I gotta find my spot here. Okay, so um, the question yesterday, because we were talking about telehealth, and again, this morning we were talking about it, what if we're high risk? What if, what's your recommendation if my son's ABA was in center, telehealth isn't an option with ABA for my son, I had a few parents mention their, R, uh, their RBT tested positive for COVID, so I'm scared. Okay, so that is a great question. And I'm gonna tell you that we just, we wanna get into a space where we go, there are gonna be problems and we're gonna solve them no matter what. So here's, here's the thing, your kids need ABA. They just need ABA and they need ABA 24 seven. And we know that there are people all around the world who did not have ABA and still don't have ABA, right? And have those people been able to solve the problem for themselves? Yes. And what they did was they trained themselves and they did it themselves. Now, I'm concerned about your saying ABA um, via telehealth is not the solution for my kiddo. And, and I want to know more about that. Why is that? Is that because you are working and you're not able to facilitate is that because the perception is that they will not stay near the computer? What is the perception for that? Because I want to make it clear, um, obviously there's many different kinds of telehealth that different ABA providers are doing, but I've spent quite a bit of time with our staff at CARD seeing how they do telehealth and it is cutting edge, cutting edge. Um, and because they have all kinds of things to keep the kiddo interested um, and for the parents who are afraid, I want to make sure that you realize when this is done right, it, you're not having to do anything but facilitate. You don't have to come up with the lesson plans. You only have to do what the person on the screen tells you to do. So if I'm, you know, the child is here, I'm going to have my lotion be the child. And I'm the parent and I'm, I'm you know, the person is on the computer screen and, and they are talking to my child and they say, okay, you know, now we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And they're gonna say, you know, touch the red one on the screen. And they're gonna to say to you, can you pick up his hand and touch the red one and now give him tickles? They're gonna tell you exactly what to do. You don't have to be the genius. You don't have to figure it out. But for some of our, especially our little kids or our kids who need more support, the parent does have to be there and be the facilitator, but you don't have to be a genius. You will find that you will learn and you become a genius. But, um, but that is how they are. So the parent becomes the facilitator, not the therapist and not the BCBA. I just wanna make sure that people know that because I think there were a lot of people who said, my child is not gonna be able to do telehealth. And then they discovered that their child could do telehealth. But what, and if you are at high risk, I support you in your right to stay home and, and to just be home. But we got to get long-term strategy specific here. And I think you either have to learn this yourself or you got to create a pod. And, and we're going to be hearing more about this in the coming days about how people create a pod. 
So, you know, you could talk to your ABA provider and say, I, I want to create a pod um, with a therapist. Um, I, you know, would, and, and talk to them, be frank with them about how you want to do that. A card, what, you know, they, they did this in, in, in some respects that it's just one therapist going to one family. And, and families had frank conversations with the therapist and said, here's how we're social distancing. How are you social distancing? And when those two things met and went well, you have a pod. If you, it's a social agreement that this is how we social distance. Now, does it mean that no one can ever have anything bad happen? No, but you got to figure out what your risk level you're willing to take and you can't sacrifice the ABA. We've had many parents that through this have uh, gone through and taken the RBT courses um, so that they will know how to do it. And we have parents who are training family members to be able to do this. It's whatever, it's all hands on deck, whatever it takes. Who's in your pod? Is there anybody else living in your house that, can, that you can train? Um, cause we, we gotta keep this moving in the right direction. Um, thanks a lot for the knowledge. Uh, yeah, but, but, uh, okay. Um, nope, I don't have, okay. I thought somebody had written something new in. Okay. Does that help? Um, because you just got to get into the mindset. We've talked before on the show about that little life's little instruction booklet where it said, um, you know, if you're going after Moby Dick, you got to pack the tartar sauce. And you've got to convince yourself there is a way. And I promise you there is a way because for the last 20 years, parents were figuring it out before insurance was paying for ABA. They were doing it in their homes by themselves. They were having church volunteers. You know, is do you have a family member who you trust that you can, like I'm thinking extreme circumstances that you can put them up in a hotel or put them up in a back bedroom for 14 days isolate from them so you know that they don't have COVID and then train them, you know, put them in your back uh, bedroom and have them do the RBT and, and have them, you know, uh, work with your kiddos with you. It's time to get solution specific. Um, but parents can do this. Parents are doing this. Uh, it's overwhelming, but, you know, um, but it's doable. And, and if you want to do it, I, I'm certainly here to help you to figure out how, I don't know why I can't get the questions to come back up no matter what I do, Trayvon. They don't like me. It's because they're already up. That's why I just had them move down. Okay, moving on. Um, my son is almost four and not getting service at this time. He was going to public school and they just announced they will be doing digital do you think digital is enough therapy for him? No, I don't. A four-year-old, um, whether, um, I'm talking about digital school is not enough, no. A four-year-old um, who is on the autism spectrum, um, I'm just looking at the answer that the, that parent just wrote to me. A four-year-old who's on the autism spectrum needs an intensive ABA program. And um, that often means, depending on the individual child, where their skill level is, right? Some kids, it's appropriate for them to go to school at four, others it isn't. The reason for going to school is for socialization. That's the only good reason to send a four-year-old to school and not have them just focus on ABA. And since you're not going to get that anyway, I would say at four, 
hunker down and do as much ABA as you can get everybody to do and learn it yourself so that you can do it as well. And, um, you know, ask them for the distance learning because maybe it'll be a break in your kid's day, but I would not waste your child's eight hours of your child's day to do distance learning with school. I, I would much prefer that you do distance learning one-on-one -on -one telehealth with an ABA provider that does quality ABA. Now, this goes back to the, the answer that the parent just wrote to the other question, which was, it's more that the provider is not willing to do telehealth. I would ask you to go back and ask them now because a lot of ABA providers in the beginning of COVID um, freaked out and said, you know, we, we have to close um, and we can't do telehealth. We can't do telehealth. We don't know how to do telehealth. We don't know what we're doing. CARD was about seven steps ahead because CARD has been doing telehealth for years because when people found out what CARD was doing, they wrote to CARD and said, you know, I live in Jakarta. How am I going to get what you have here? And so CARD did telehealth with families in Jakarta. So CARD was that much further ahead, but they weren't the only ABA provider that was ahead. Since COVID, there've been a group of people who have published about how to do ABA um, via telehealth. So even if your ABA provider was one of those providers that had never had experience doing that, the information is there for them now. And from a, a, a standpoint of self-preservation, I'm gonna guess they're willing to do it now. So check back with them. And if they say they're still not willing to do it, I just have to lovingly say to you, it's time to jump ship because this isn't working. This is that Band-Aid we were talking about at the start of the show. The, any ABA provider who thinks it's okay for your child to go five months without services and, and still isn't making an effort to find a way to accommodate your needs, I don't know what they're doing. Um, I don't mean to be mean, but you know, it's like you gotta wake up and sniff the coffee um, if you're an ABA provider and figure out, you know, if your job is to help these kids, there's more than one way to do things. Yes, is there a better way? Can we all agree that someday when it's all safe and let it be soon, please, uh, when it's all safe, yes, it's better. It's better if you've got somebody one-to-one -one right there in the same space working with your child. Of course, that is better. But it is, is it better to have nothing? Telehealth is, studies are pouring in showing it's effective. So, you know, we, much more effective than doing nothing. So much, much more effective than doing nothing. And in the beginning, a lot of people were saying, well, maybe it'll just um, be a placeholder and keep kids from regressing. Okay, well, that's been proven that that's been done, but I'm telling you that I have seen and heard of kids who are making tremendous progress. Not little progress, tremendous progress. So fight with your ABA provider um, nicely, call them and say, hey, are you doing this? If you need to see those studies, write to me so I can hook you up with um, the studies that they're doing, the, the things that they've been publishing about telehealth for ABA so that you can take it back to your ABA provider. But if you're at the point where you're having to talk them into something that is considered an industry standard right now, I would, I would start looking at another ABA provider. Um, I don't mean to be mean about that, but I would. Uh, okay, um, back to the questions, sorry. Um, 
Good heavens. It's like I don't know how to work my own computer. Uh, <laughs> I can't get the thing to do what I want it to do. It's so frustrating. Uh, where, oh, where? Uh, okay, here we go. Um, all right. No, I think um, I'm at the bottom of those questions. And we've got just a couple of minutes left. So Trayvon, do I have any questions left on Facebook? Uh, here we go. I cannot allow anyone in my home. I, I know I can facilitate it because I am an RBT, but I didn't want to go to a new provider. I understand that. But then I would, I would massage them. I would massage them and say, hey, let's, hey, how about if I'm your guinea pig and let's, let's do telehealth with my kid. You know, I can facilitate it because I'm an RBT and come on. And then, you know, let me be your guinea pig and let's do this. Give and ask for the therapist that you want. Cause clearly the reason why you don't want to switch providers is there's somebody there that you like working with and that's helping your kiddos. So ask for that provider and say, let's do this together. Like, that's what I mean by getting in that really, that mindset of we're going to solve this no matter what. And say to them, you know, you know that the insurance companies, well, here's the other thing. Do, is your provider, is your um, insurance still allowing for telehealth? Because a few people um, were, were allowing it for a short period of time and then stopped. Is your funding source still paying for telehealth? Because if they are, it should be an easy sell to your provider to say to them, I will work with you on this. Give me the therapist. Let's go. And, and say to them, give me, you know, give me 40 hours and, and come on, let's, let's do this together. If your funding source won't pay for telehealth, then there's another step in there where you need to lobby your funding source and say to them, I need a, an exception to the rule. Um, I have extenuating circumstances. I and my child, you, you know, you, you need to be able to provide my child this service. Other people are doing it and lobby your funding source. Um, so, but, but I, you're, yes, I'm assuming that that is that your funding source is paying for it. Then I would, I would call up your, the ABA provider that you love and say to them, come on, let's go on this walk together. Uh, you'll be helping them. Um, they need to stay in business and they're turning down a whole other avenue of helping their kids right now. And none of us think that this is going to be over anytime soon. So I would, I would, you know, and because you're already an RBT, you can facilitate it. You're going to be spectacular. Um, so that's what I would do. All right. Let's talk a little bit about tomorrow. Tomorrow we have Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. Nancy Osbaugh Jackson will be with me and our fabulous guest is Kathy Gott. Kathy is one of those veterans from the autism community who has been pivotal in so many things. She was instrumental in starting Danny's Farm. Um, she was instrumental in um, starting um, and being involved in um, uh, some of the really good quality group home situations that are available in Los Angeles. And she is working on a new project that's called The Village, which I think is gonna blow everybody's mind. And she's gonna be with us tomorrow to talk about that. I wanna talk about a couple of things that we've got um, coming up. Um, a week from today, we are gonna be welcoming Evelyn Gould back to Autism Live. She was a regular many years ago. Um, and I'm, excuse me, she's now Dr. Evelyn Gould. She uh, left on her merry way to go 
become a doctor and to uh, become more well-versed in ACT, um, acceptance commitment uh, therapy. And it's a, a really cutting edge thing that um, is being used in the autism community for both individuals on the spectrum and their parents to help them with stress and um, to achieve the things that they want to achieve in their lives in a, in a healthier way. So uh, we're excited to welcome her back to the show tomorrow during uh, uh, our, not tomorrow, next Thursday during our Ask an Autism Expert segment. Um, and then on Friday, and I just want to put this on your radar, because uh, on uh, every, once a month, uh, we have our research experts uh, join us to talk about some research. And so we have asked them to come in to talk to us about distance learning for special needs kids. What the research says, what works, what doesn't work. And we're clearing the decks for that day. I can't wait to hear because a lot of us are in this boat this year. So that is happening um, next Friday. So I just wanted to put that on everybody's agenda. Uh, <laughs> all right. I just adore all of you and I appreciate you being here and appreciate you being patient because I know that sometimes we don't get to everything, but I'm glad that you are here and uh, welcome to those of you who are here for the first time. We're back tomorrow, same time, same bat channel. And again, talking with Kathy Gott about this new way of looking at things, the village. You're going to be really excited to hear about it. And Nancy will be here and we will probably cover some news as well. So that's all happening tomorrow. And always don't forget, you know, like our shows, uh, like us on Facebook, subscribe for the newsletter so that you know what's coming up. We're about to update that. If you had uh, given us your email and you're like, I'm not getting the newsletter, that's about to change. Um, and we appreciate your patience. We've been running on a skeleton crew around here. Uh, but anyway, we're out of time. I adore you all. I will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.